Financially Strong Latina. We are thrilled, honored, and everything in between that you are joining us today. Yes, you are here. Bienvenida to the Her Dinero Matters podcast, a mixed language podcast hosted by me, Jen Hemphill, to help you become the reign of your money and love your dinero more. If you are needing some inspiration and encouragement at this very moment, you have come to the right place. Gracias por compartir este tiempo conmigo. Now let's jump in to today's Dose of Money Confidence. My name is Jen Hempel. I'm a Latina money expert and the person behind the creation of this event. We want to celebrate you for being here. The number of people that have registered for this event is a testament that we are needing this event. And having said that, I want to acknowledge the support behind this event. It couldn't be possible without the support of our sponsor, AARP, and people like Veronica Segovia-Bedon, who are the boots on the ground, behind the scenes, advocating for our Latino community. We tend to envision AARP as an organization for older adults, but they are so much more than that. They want to empower us to choose how we live as we age. And you will learn more about AARP and the different tools and resources they have available to you during this event. With that, I want to welcome Veronica Segovia Bedon from AARP and also our MC to Financially Strong Latina. Bienvenida, Veronica. Hola, Jen. Hola, amigas. You said it best. You took the words out of my mouth. I am so excited about how many women we have with us, how many Latina women we have with us for this event tonight and for the next three weeks. This is so exciting. I'm Veronica Segovia Bedon, and I'm a senior advisor at AERP in the Office of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. I am honored to welcome you to Financially Strong Latina hosted by Jen Hemphill of Her Dinero Matters. I'm so excited for this program and the richness of these sessions, pun intended, and that it's available nationwide for free, thanks to the sponsorship of AARP. Before we begin, I want to share a little bit more about AARP and why programs like this one are so important to the work we do in communities across the country. AARP's purpose, as Jen mentioned, is to empower people to choose how they live as they age. And AARP is committed to connecting people to resources and information that support financial goals. Our social mission focuses on three key areas of life, health security, financial resilience, and fun and fulfillment. Or as we like to say in Spanish, salud, dinero, y amor. Mastery across these three areas can bring about a fulfilling life at any age. And that's why I am so excited to represent AARP as we connect Latinas to other Latinas who can share expertise, advice, and wisdom from their own path to financial resilience. We'll also hear from Latinas who are advocating for our economic security. I hope you enjoy these sessions and that you invite your mamá, tía, hermanas, primas, abuelas, or madrina to join us over these three days of amazing conversations. This event is spread out so that we can reflect and take time with what we learn here and make time to put it into practice into our lives. Personal finance or dinero 
is a key area of our life that has a direct impact on the choices we make as we age. Our confidence is key to feeling strong and secure in our money situations, whatever they are right now. I've had the honor of speaking to Jen about my money story on her podcast, episode 228, if you want to get to know me a little bit better. We all have our stories and unique relationships with money, and the choices we make surrounding it can feel extremely personal. I invite you to check out AARP's Money Map Tool and AARP's latest interview and advisor tool. I also invite you to check out what AARP is doing to advocate for you in your community around issues like pay equity, access to workplace savings, and our efforts to strengthen and protect programs like Social Security. I'll be sharing more about tools and resources from AARP as your MC for this event. Now, it's my pleasure to hand it over to our host, Jen Hempel, and our distinguished keynote, Beatriz Acevedo, for this first session. What it means to be financially strong and why it is within your reach. And talking about financially strong, Beatriz Acevedo is one of the leading inspirational voices and Latina entrepreneurs in the United States. She has dedicated her career to empowering and opening doors for the next generation of Latino leaders. Beatriz is a passionate and sought after speaker who enjoys discussions around diversity as good business, female leadership, and the economic impact of Latinos in America. Her latest startup, Suma Wealth, was founded with the vision of closing the Latinx wealth gap. By providing financial education via in-culture content, fintech tools, and digital experiences, all in a highly engaging wealth building program. I am so excited to be here with you tonight. I am so excited to get started. I am so excited to become financially strong. Jen, I'm gonna hand it over to you to get started with this session. Beatriz Acevedo, bienvenida a Financially Strong Latina. I am so thrilled to have you here. Thank you so much, Jen. Thanks for the invitation. Always great to be talking to you and in your company. So thanks for having me. Well, there's so much to talk about because, of course, this event is about becoming financially strong. Of course, some of us may feel that we are there, but we want to be financially stronger. So let's start off with you. We want to get to know you, your financial journey as a Latina. So let's go back in time and share with us. We want to know all the cheese made. Well, listen, I am no different than most Latinas that come from traditional Latino families when it comes to finances. I did not grow up hearing about finances or for this to be an important topic in my family. I only remember my dad telling my mom, like, ¿Dónde está el presupuesto? He always wanted the budget for some reason, right? And I have this vivid memory of my mom with these, like, those classic yellow pants that you pull out the sheets. And that's where she would, all the time she's doing this budget. I'm like, oh my God, it's been 50 years. She's still revising the budget. I guess they didn't have those apps before. But I guess my dad had the foundation right. And I think budgeting is definitely critical because you can improve what you can't measure. But I don't think that budget ever got done quite the way my dad would expect it, right? And anytime he would see that my mom came with some bags from Marshalls or Ross, he's like, where's the budget? <laughs> like he wanted to make sure that, that it was not going out of the budget. But other than that, that was it. You know, that was it. I think my parents, well, I don't think, I remember. My parents, we lived in the border 
I'm a border girl born in Tijuana, Mexico. And when you live in the border, it's super unfair, but they charge you your rent, your utilities, your food in US dollars. You go to a restaurant, they're like $80 for you. And you're like, aren't we in Mexico? No, like it's almost like you're in the US, you earn Mexican pesos, but you have to pay in dollars. Back in the day, the banks had the possibility for you to have a bank account in US dollars because so many of the transactions are in dollars. But there was a moment in time when I was little, when there was a massive devaluation that that was it. Like one day the president came on TV, there's no Twitter, and they're like, it's a massive devaluation. And the peso went from six to 600 or something crazy to the dollar. So you lost it all. And then people who had bank accounts in US dollars were like, oh, thank God we have our US dollar accounts. And immediately it's like, oh, and by the way, there's no more US dollar accounts. And you're like, what? So that was like the first memory of like, I remember... And I can understand the distrust of my parents in financial institutions. When my father passed away a few years ago, we found thousands of dollars inside every single, he was an attorney and he was always super dapper and super pressed, you know, with his, my daughter used to tell him when she was very little, she was like, Abu, you look like you're going to get married every day. But inside his pocket jackets, he carried all this. And we're like, what? And we discovered this when he passed away. And I could see how he was not going to go put that money in the back, which is crazy. You know, like he's a college educated, very prominent philanthropist, attorney, no trust. My mom, the same way, definitely college educated as well. And when she had the decision of where she's going to put the money that my dad left for her, she was like, yo no le confío a estos fulanos from the bank or from the investment companies. So... I definitely, I am exactly in the same boat as most Latinas of did not grow up talking about money. My parents definitely, they taught me so many incredible things, but certainly not how to invest, how to save, how to do a proper budget, how to plan for my future. You know, they taught me to be very philanthropic, be very charitable, give away as much as I possibly could, but never how can I grow my wealth so I can give away more, even if that's your end goal, right? For my dad, he always felt very, very guilty. He came from a family of nothing. His parents were not college educated. He was the first to go to college, which is very limited resources for him growing up. So there was something about, and that's also from our communities, right? Where it's like, el dinero es del diablo. It was almost like a totally terrible thing to be wealthy. And he would speak in a bad way. <laughs> people who were wealthy, he would be like, I said, Nuevo Rico, or these rich people. Like, it's so horrible to be rich. So he did really well in his career. So he decided to give it all away. That was his way of getting rid of the guilt of building wealth. So you can imagine <laughs> that I am not the poster child of, oh my gosh, you know, my family was all good to build wealth. And this is what we learned and never. So this is a new journey for me, absolutely a new journey. And my co-founder and my latest startup, Suma, which we'll talk about in a little bit, when he told me, listen, you should be the CEO of this financial company. I'm like, what? No, like you couldn't choose a worse person than me. But now I see it. I'm in that same journey as my customers or my future customers or my consumers are in learning. And it's never too late to learn. I mean, I'm in my 50s. I'm living proof of how, and I didn't start investing now. I started investing when I got married because my husband was not a Latino, did grow up with this information since he was a child, he had stock. And then I just sort of like married into by default, right on having a financial advisor, having a plan saving for the future. But I could see how in our communities, that is just something you don't talk about. Right. Now I'm curious to one of the things that you mentioned was distrust. 
Did that, as you became an adult, did you find yourself also distrusting financial institutions or was it until you met your husband? Of course, you trust him, you married him, right? (laughs) And I'm curious to know, did you feel a distrust as into adulthood or was that gone? It was pretty much gone. I mean, it was very traumatic, obviously, because it's like almost, you know, everything that they had built, it's pretty much gone. Because if you go from 600 to 6,000 pesos to a dollar, that's a Mm -hmm. massive hit. I think as I learned that banks in the U.S. were insured up to a certain point, it's like, oh, you know, okay, if you put this amount of money, it'll be insured. Then I thought, oh, like I believed that, okay, it's insured to this amount. So if I ever put more than this, I'll just open another bank account. And I don't even know how I learned that. But when I did, I was trustworthy of financial institutions. I'm very quick to put in my credit card and link my accounts to fintech companies that I like. It certainly did not carry over to me. But we do hear a lot in our community where people say, like, who can we trust? Like, who do you trust? And I think it has carried to other generations where they're just like, I'm not sure, right? That downloading an app and funding an account with this app or this other one, or you will mention them, I can trust. And it almost needs that validation of somebody in your community or somebody that you trust to sort of tell you, this is okay, right? I vetted it. I've done it. This is insured. Or or also look for the risks. There's so many people also that I see now who are like, no, no, but they guaranteed me that I'm going to make a hundred times my money next week. And you're like, no, no, there's no guarantees like that. If somebody's promising you that, be very nervous about it. So yeah, the answer is I did not, but I do see that there continues to be a lot of distrust generations in already. It might've not happened to them directly, But there's still something where like, I don't know if I can have this trust. And that limits our ability, obviously, to build wealth. So we have to change that mindset very quickly, hopefully. Yeah. And I think that also limits our ability to feel financially strong, which leads me to my next question. What does financially strong mean to you? You know, for me, it's really personally to feel like I have control of my finances and of my financial future and present. So for me, having a budget, (laughs) knowing what I have, knowing what I owe, knowing what I can spend, just knowing where you are at that moment in time and knowing where you want to go. Really having as much knowledge as we know knowledge is power. That's what makes me feel financially strong. And it is my mission now with recent company that I founded to give this information like you do every day in everything that you do, including advising us and our community. What are those steps to get that grip on our finances? And particularly for Latinas, and I'm sure you know this data because most of your clients are women and are Latinas. But we did a study before we launched Suma with a company called Think Now, who's owned by Latinas. Love them. They're amazing. And it was really interesting to see. And it was all about finances. How do you feel? What would you want to be doing differently? Are you confident? All the typical questions. And it was very interesting to see that the majority of the Latinas were incredibly confused. So they're like, I feel very confused. I want to understand this, but whether I read it in English or in Spanish, it's as confusing. It's not a language barrier, but it's just the way the information it's presented just feels very daunting. It feels very confusing. 
I want to learn how to invest. I want to learn how to save like I really do, but I don't know where to go. And that was a lot of validation to the brand that we wanted to build. Interestingly enough, the Latinos, the men were not as confused. Or at least they said, you know, they felt more <laughs> financially strong, confident than the women. Funny enough, the Gen Zs, the really young kids, like my kids who are in high school, that they were the group that wanted to learn more about investing. That was super interesting. But yeah, anyway, I do think that we have to support Latinas so much with this financial information, education, tools, resources, because we are the ones who control 75% of the household spent, as you know. So if we are responsible in 75% of what our families are saving, investing, spending, it's very important that we empower that person particularly into being financially strong. So thank you for what you do every day, because I know that is your focus. Oh, thank you. And thank you for sharing that data because one of the things, and it's, I don't think anybody that's listening and watching right now, but our family members that may not have an interest, maybe the finances isn't a priority because we live in this culture. Tenemos que agradecer lo que ya tenemos. If we have enough, if we have the basic needs, why do more? Why should others, our family members, our comunidad care about being financially strong? I mean, listen, and I go back to the example of my dad. He would say, <laughs> yes, I mean, and we are a culture of being very grateful. And I think that's a beautiful quality to have. And mm-hmm. we should never lose being grateful. Every day, start with, you know, being grateful for being alive. You know, when you wake up for being able to breathe, there's so much to be grateful for. But I feel like in our community, my dad used to have the saying that he was like, estamos muy gordos. Literally and figuratively. <laughs> He's like, we, need, we need nothing. We need nothing. And that was true. You know, we lived a comfortable middle class or upper middle class life that he didn't have growing up. And he already felt like this is enough. Like one more thing would be too much. Like he was like his biggest trauma was he would say like, I don't want my kids to be like these rich little kids that think they can just have it. So he made sure we never felt that comfortable with money or any excess in his mind. And and that was great. So that's when he started his foundation. But even there, it's important to understand, going back to the data, we will never have true power in this country or in any country if we don't have economic power. Let us be clear about that. All the things today where we stand, and these numbers are pre-pandemic, we have 21 cents as wealth to a dollar of our counter white families. So that means we have five times less wealth than a non-Latino white family. Why is it important that we are at least equal and that we build this wealth? It's important because we are represented in massive numbers in this country. Massive, massive, massive. To give you an example, all the people retiring that are older, in their 60s or 70s, who are boomers, are being replaced 80% with Latino young kids. Latino kids are the ones entering the workforce at the fastest rate than anybody else. At the same time, also entering college. We are so young. We're 19 years old on average for a U.S. Latino kid versus 45. Now, why do we need to change our habits of only being the demo that spends the most but saves the least? Look at the pandemic. Our Latino families only had about $1,000 of saving in their emergency savings account. As a family, $1,000. That has crippled them. They've had to take out the little wealth that they've built. They've lost 
businesses, homes, etc. So I understand the psychology of where we come from. Tomorrow, there could be a devaluation. Tomorrow, you know, we could all die. Live up the day. The day you get paid in our communities, and this is a stereotype, I apologize, but I'm like, you know, they're living it up. They're like, oh, they went with their friends and they had more beer and the paycheck's gone. Everything is for the day. Very Mm -hmm. little is for the future. But we have to understand our place and our responsibility in society and in America. If Latinos don't do well economically, Because of the numbers, America will not do well. We are driving that GDP growth. We are driving that growth in the economy. So if we don't start thinking of, oh, wow, it's our responsibility to carry on our shoulders, social security, retirement, our tax contributions to the school systems, to the hospitals, for all Americans. So we can be irresponsible and continue to just live it up, just live for the day, just live for and no planning in our future, right? So if you're not going to do it for yourself, think then that you need to do it for your family and for the generations that are coming after you. And then if you're very patriotic, think that you need to do it for your country because Mm -hmm. it is on us that America continues to thrive and we are a critical part of the economic recovery today, critical. But we have to not only be the stat that says Latinos spend the most, we also need to be the stat that says Latinos save the most, invest the most, because it is on us to keep our economy thriving. It is critical that we are financially strong for ourselves, for our family, and for our country. That is so beautiful and powerful. If we are spending the most, we need to be the ones saving the most, investing the most, building wealth the most. That is powerful. Now, speaking of that, and you've hinted at some of these things, what are some things that we should focus on to become financially strong? What will get us there as Latinos? And I know you've hinted, but I'll let you take it away. I mean, there's so many things, but the way that we're thinking about it as a company, because with a company, we're trying to do it at scale. It's really getting this information in the critical hands of the people in the community who are the biggest influencers, Mm -hmm. who hold the biggest influence in the community. If we want to do it quickly, my goal is before I die (laughs) to be able to fully contribute to closing this wealth gap in our communities and to help my comunidad build wealth. How do we do it? Not that I don't want to focus on the boomers or the alpha kids who are being born. I want to focus on, as you know, we are very community driven. We are a cohort that tends to put ourselves last and our family and our community first. Again, muy bonito, you know, just like the gratefulness. It's very nice. So if you are not going to do it for you, we need to figure out a way on how you're going to be influencing that circle of friends and family members that you have around. And these are the millennials. There's no way around it. They have had to translate, like we said, literally and figuratively, the American ethos for their family members who are older. And now as they became parents as millennials or tios and tias, they have influence into the younger generations. If we help them and empower them, if they know already, they're going to be responsible for their parents' retirement because most of our parents did not save for retirement, then let's help them now because they're in a position where they need to think about themselves, their parents, and their kids, right? So 
we want to empower them. We want to support them because we know our message won't be one-to-one. Our message is Mm going to be one-to-many. And that's how we're banking on on scaling. Like, what are the important messages? The important messages are everything we've talked about. You need to know where you stand before you can make any progress. And I know you've been advising us on what are the pillars that we need to have when it comes to having a financial checkup. Because to me, Mm -hmm. when you go to have your yearly doctor's checkup, it's important when you get your lab results back and you say, oh, my cholesterol is a little out of range, or this is under, or I need more vitamin D. In the same way, I think we need to start being rigorous about where we stand financially. Where are we today? If we don't know where you're at, it's easy to be able to get those goals, short-term goals, mid-term goals, long-term goals. How do we want to get from here to here to here to here? And how can we support you and help you? So with my latest startup that I'm working on, we want to be able to say, if you need one-on-one counseling, they're incredible people like yourself, which we know (laughs) we have clients that benefit from the one-on-ones that you have, but there might be somebody who is an expert in taxes or somebody Mm -hmm. else who's an expert in other areas. So we want to be able to curate The humans, the people, primarily Latinos in our community, very proud of the fact that we work 99.99% with people from our community in everything that we do, but also curating products and services that are great. There's a lot of fantastic fintech companies today that are mission aligned and values aligned to what we want to do, which is serve our community the, the best way possible. So we hope to be a marketplace and we hope to become the go-to place where people can feel like anything for their finances is there. And we will also be building our own products and services along the way. But we do want to do it with the people who are the most influential and who are going to be co-branding this message in, in a way to the older and to the younger generations. Might not be the perfect answer that you wanted. Eh? I feel no, like I went that's... in a totally tangent, but I <laughs> I love everything that you have said because I think you took a very smart approach because minimizing the wage gap is a huge task. And so you need to be smart about how you're going to do that. So obviously you did the research and you decided, well, let's focus on the younger folks. So you have a reason for why. And I love that you're doing that. And I want to talk about SUMA a little more. You've talked about it a little bit, and I know why you chose the focus of SUMA of Building Wealth. So we've talked about that. And tell us a little more. You shared a little bit, but how are you doing this? Because I know you've got the social media component. What are the ways that you are narrowing the wealth gap in the Latino community? Well, I can't claim that I uh, that I can measure how I've been narrowing the well gap yet, but we're working on it. So what we wanted to do, first of all, like I said, I don't come from finance. This is not my background. And that's why you and I met right at the very <laughs> beginning where I was like, I need help. I like, I know what I know and what I don't know. What I am good at is I am a marketer at heart. I have built brands and companies that have super served this particular demo before with my previous company, Me Too. And then before Me Too, I'm a producer. I started my career in radio and then I was a television producer. I was a host, a writer, et cetera. So content is in my DNA and creativity. But there's no finance in me. Like I've been super open (laughs) to talk about my financial journey or lack of. And when my co-founder, Javier Gutierrez, told me, listen, I think you should be doing this company that's all about financial wellness. I was like, are you 
drunk? Like, no, like, like the last person that needs to be doing this is me. This is certainly not my skill set. Absolutely not. And he was like, so adamant about it. Like, he's like, no, no, that's exactly why. Because your brain is not in finance. You're going to be living that journey at the same time. I know you care about the community. I know you care about impact. And this was something that he really drilled down on me was, B, you are such an enthusiast of Latinas getting funding, Latinos and Latinas getting decent media representation or accurate, not decent, accurate and adequate number of wise representation in media because perception is reality and people perceive you in a certain way and Hollywood has not helped our community or even ourselves because our kids can't dream bigger because they can never see themselves being bigger. So I've made my life's work out of those two, the lack of access to capital to our community and then media representation, which I tell you, they're interrelated. Like Mm -hmm. even when you go raise capital, they're like, oh, we've never seen a Latina raising capital. We see you in other roles, but certainly not as the CEO of a tech company. Anyway, so he was like, listen, you spend so much time doing that. If we had our own economic power, we wouldn't be in this place, right? Like we would be like other cohorts where we could be funding our companies or our community could be funding our companies for all of us. We could be funding our own movies like other demographics do. We could be funding our own studios, but we don't have that economic power. We don't have that control. So I think that's why I thought, okay, well, although I don't come from that background, I do know how to build communities and brands and how to super serve a demo, this particular one, the U.S. born English Dom Young Latinos, that few people see. When people think about Latinos or Hispanics or Latinxes, they immediately say, oh, okay, I'm going to translate everything and it's in Spanish. And you're like, Mm -hmm. yeah, they don't speak (laughs) Spanish, you know, like barely, or they understand it, but they rather consume their content in English. This particular demo, I'm not talking about the parents or even a Mm -hmm. young kid who just is an immigrant, but immigration has slowed down tremendously. Some people don't know that, but the growth is coming from nativity, U.S. born kids, not people Mm -hmm. coming from our countries of origin. We took a very unorthodox approach into building this company because people are like, is this a media company? Is this a fintech company? I'm like, no, I have no interest in building a media company. Already did that. Check that box. I'm done with that. So it is a fintech company, but we decided to do it completely the opposite way than other fintech companies do. Most fintech companies think, okay, if we build it, they will come. We're going to build a great product. And they do. A lot of them have amazing products. And then, you know, we'll figure out how we throw a lot of money into customer acquisition. The problem with that is what we were talking about earlier, Jen. Our Mm -hmm. community has a distrust. Our community doesn't feel like they belong. Our community is not being touched by these messages. People are like, well, if they speak English, we're reaching them. Sure, you're reaching them, but you're not touching them. Very, very, very different proposition one from the other. So we wanted to build the community first, build the brand, build the trust by starting with content. We're not a content company, but we needed to start there. As we are doing heavy social listening, we are not super arrogant to think that we know better, even if we're Latinos, even if we are also untrustworthy of financialism, even if we fit the persona of who we're serving, we're still not arrogant to say we know better than our market and we're not going to listen to the data and we're just going to build something in a black box, right? So we are learning as we go. We are building the community that is over 150,000 strong in less than 100 days. These are people signed up with their name, their email, their phone numbers to our site, which 
we have very little marketing money. So we are proud of that, not because we are geniuses and we know how to do incredible marketing. No, it's because the community is in such hunger and need mm-hmm. of this information that it's in culture. That's the winning key that few people understand. They're like, oh, in culture. Okay, I'm just going to write mijo or chancla or taco. And no, that's not really what I'm (laughs) saying here. But anyway, you know, we'll let them think that that's in culture. In culture really is that you see something and you're like, whoever did this is like me. This Mm -hmm. is made for me. And that is exactly what we want to do with our fintech products too. We want you to say, Like who thought of this? This is me. And this was built for me. And I think few fintech products do that, that Latinos in our community feel, oh, wow, like this is for me. It's not. You're an afterthought and that's okay. But then don't be shocked of why our community is not flocking to your products and your services because you're not connecting in an emotional level with us. So we're excited to be in this journey of first giving out the information, having incredible partners like yourselves and other awesome Latinas and Latinos. And after that, they're ready. The moment they understand what a fractional share is, they immediately ask, okay, so do I do it with Stockpile or with Stash or with Robinhood or with, they're ready. They're ready mm-hmm. to go. We're excited to be helping them in their financial journey, wherever it is that they are. We're excited to be teaming up with other Latinos and Latinas who are experts in their fields to also move our community forward together. When we say building wealth juntos, we mean it for our community. We mean it for our partners. We mean it for our investors. I'm so proud of the fact that our investors are pretty much 99.9% women and 90% Latinas. So who's in your cap table, which really means who is an investor behind you really matters because if your company does well, Who are the people building wealth? It tends Mm -hmm. to never be Latinos, right? Even from the cap table, even from who are our investors. I'm so proud of the fact that I pretty much have every single venture capital Latina woman backing our company and believing in the mission because they fully understand it. They are like you and I. They grew up like us. They had parents like our parents. And I didn't have to over explain to them why our community matters and why building a company like this matters and why this mission is so big and important because we can't be the majority a few years from now and be with so much less wealth than everybody else. That just is bad, like we said, for the American economy. We have to start now and we haven't closed the wealth gap yet, (laughs) but we are working hard on doing as much as we possibly can and being super mindful on what will accelerate that. What, how can we get that at scale? How could we get our message out in the best possible way to super serve our community? And listen, this is not a nonprofit company. This is a for-profit company. So I have a responsibility to my investors. I have responsibility to my colleagues who believed in me and have worked for nothing for months as we bootstrap the company to do well for them. But if I don't do well for my community, if I don't help them build wealth and close the wealth gap, the company's failed. So it's a big mission, but it's a very exciting one that I wake up every day and feel so grateful and so blessed and so privileged that I get to lead a company like this. There's so much there. One, I know people watching and listening to this right now, when you were talking about other companies aren't talking to me and they're like, 
they're probably shaking their head. Yes, I know they're not talking to me. And also, I want to thank your co-founder that he kept edging you and saying, come on, Beatriz, this is something you need to do because then the momentum that you have gained, the community that you have built already in this short period of time that I have seen, because as you said, behind the scenes, how eager they are, the fantastic questions and all they need is just some guidance, a tool, and then they are off. It's amazing. So I want to thank your co-founder too, that really just pushed you and said, come on, Beatriz, and encouraged you because yes, you may not be in the finance space, but we need you. And I'm so (laughs) thankful very extremely thankful because as you know, I'm a huge fan of Suma and I'm extremely thankful that you're doing this because we definitely need you. It doesn't matter if you're not in the finance space, but what you're doing is you're bridging that gap. You're bridging that gap with companies that aren't able to connect with our community and you're doing that. So you're doing that incredibly well. And I'm just so thrilled that you're here. And of course, I gush over you every single time, but I'm like, it's so true. It's so true. You are fantastic. Suma is just incredible. Now, in terms of wealth, let's talk about wealth. I know that is your focus. And I know you mentioned that the younger generation is eager, is ready. They're just needing that information and they're off, right? Now, how with their family? Because as Latinos, we maybe living in a multi-generational household, or we have family members that maybe are still in that gratitude. We don't need any more. You know, we have enough. How do we help them shift this mindset to wealth is a good thing to have? El dinero no es el diablo. No es el diablo. I mean, we can help so much we can help others because we're such givers, right? So how can we help others? Because I know the people that are here right now, they're ready. Their mindset is shifting if it hasn't already shifted. But for those around us, our family members, nuestros amigos, colegas, how do we help them shift that mindset to one that, yes, let's build wealth. It's okay to have money. I mean, listen, I think it's with the example, right? And that's why our primary target is definitely those Sherpas, those people who are responsible for the older um, Mm -hmm. generations, whether your parents, your abuelos, your tios, your tias, and then the younger generations as they become parents or as their mentors. So un sobrinito, una sobrinita. So I think that it starts with that example. So if we empower them, like you say, Jen, we've seen it. We mm-hmm. see it in the comments. We see it in there. Okay, ready. I downloaded this app. I funded my account. I started investing here. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is unbelievable. So this is great. So empowering them and them leading with the example. They already are the influencers like we talked about. They already have helped navigate their families through purchases and products and demystifying things that they do. So I think if we do a good job with that, we're immediately able to bridge that generational gap older and younger. And yes, we live in multi-generational households. I'm a product of that, right? Like Mm -hmm. my mom lives with me, you know, I have my teenage kids, my husband, my dog, (laughs) who's bilingual. So he's part of the multi-generational Latino household. And you see that influence, right? Mm-hmm. Like whatever I say to my mom, then she takes like, and it's little by little and it's showing her. Even my kids being like, not that you do this with the app. You don't need to go to the bank with your pearls and makeup and decked out to check your balance. Like you could do it here. You know, it's like, no, but they're going to hack me. No, they don't. 
little by little by example. I think like with everything, right? I think you have to lead by example. And that's why we're focused on maybe with the generations, it's going to take a little bit more for them to see, you know, how, oh my gosh, how did Dieguito, my son, invested in Tesla or Amazon or Apple, and then how he started with, I don't know, a hundred bucks, 50 bucks, lo que sea. And now, you know, it's grown. Oh, wow. Like maybe I should try that. Right. Like I think we have that opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I always say this to companies, your message, if it lands correctly in culture, it's the best ROI that you can possibly have because it will never be one-to-one. Just like you had said earlier, when you're like, queremos saber el chisme, we are very chisme driven, right? We love to communicate. We love to share. And the data is there. We share overly share so much on social media. We overly share everywhere. So it's super, super important that we just help them with the information and with the education that they need. Well, Bethany, you have shared with us some fantastic stats. And let's talk about more of the stats on spending power. And what does this mean? And so that way, as we're watching this, especially those here can really relate to, well, and allow them to shift their mind in terms of maybe not spending on that car, Mm -hmm. but using that money to invest. So talk to us a little bit about those stats of what Latinos are spending on. Yeah. Well, listen, our spending power is unparalleled, which is great, right? But when I hear our community say, pues no tengo dinero, we're like, well, there's still the data that we are the ones who buy the most makeup, for example, right? Mm -hmm. When you're talking to a Latina or the most in clothing, or sometimes it's the most in luxury cars. So somewhere they're getting the dinero that Mm -hmm. they say they don't have. Like we also ask, que no tengo dinero, pero... Or we have the mindset of, well, está en oferta. I get that from them. Like, <laughs> you couldn't pass up on the offer, but it's definitely probably wasn't on that yellow pad with a budget. So we do spend a lot in things that don't seem like if you don't buy that extra lipstick, there's going to be a massive crisis in your life. And I think that our community sometimes doesn't have the information that you can start investing with $5 in a fractional mm-hmm. share. So to them, it's like, well, the lipstick was only 10 bucks or 20 bucks, or 30 bucks. I don't know. I'm super cheap with my lipsticks. I buy mine at the pharmacy usually, but whatever a lipstick costs or whatever expensive clothing, those bags and the shoes, that's the thing that kills me, right? That people are like, I bought this bag. I'm like, what? Like I could never buy a bag like that. Even if I had so much excess money, I would give it to charity, but we love those luxury items. Mm -hmm. And people don't know that they could potentially be investing even in the same companies that they love. So it's like, if you're a super fan of X makeup brand, maybe consider buying one less lipstick every month Mm -hmm. and investing that in a company that you already support. So every time you make a purchase, you're contributing as a shareholder into a company. So changing that mindset, I think it's super critical. Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. For our community. And again, that we start with the people that have the influence. This year, I was able to influence as an influencer, my mother. So I told my mother, listen, Stop buying the Amazon cards for the grandkids. Mm. Buy fractional shares. If they're so into Amazon, get them the fractional shares. Mm. And so I turned it on to the company. I helped her buy those stock cards, but they look like gift cards. And the kids were super excited, right? And that was a change in mindset. That was like, 
you already buy so much on Amazon or you already love Disney or whatever it is that you're supporting, start learning how to invest now. You have it in your app. They send you notifications. And when things are up or down, you can read about the companies. You start changing that as like, oh, yeah, pues yo soy dueño. Give your dad, what's your dad's favorite beverage or mm-hmm. tool or whatever it is. And you're like, ya eres dueño, papa. It's something that we're not yeah. taught when we're kids, but you now have the opportunity to do that with your older family members and clearly with your younger family members. So I think that knowing that you don't need to be a credited investor and you don't need to be a millonario to be an investor, it starts with little by little. That's the information that we have to get out to our community and also show them. If you tell an 18-year-old kid, listen, if you invest a dollar every day, by the time you're 40, you could be a millionaire, right? And do that math for them. They're like, what? They never thought about that. And we certainly spend more than a dollar a day that we don't need. In the quinceañeras, I know for some people, it's super important and that's all good. But it's important to be like, what would that money be? In 10 years, in 20, in 30, could have been a down payment of a home for your daughter. So just have that in mind when you are considering what things you keep buying and how you plan for the future. I think we have to change our chip on the future. I think we're very set on, pues no sabemos que va a pasar mañana, and I'm just going to live it up today. And maybe a portion of that, do that. (laughs) And the other portion, be a bit responsible and do it into the future. I think the next generations will definitely do it, but we need to help them. We need to empower them. We need to give them the information and then the tools and the products and the services. For somebody to say, I get it, but then there's no products or services that speak to them or they're good for them. We're not going to build wealth that way either. Right. And I think we tend to think that to build wealth, we have to have a lot of money. But you were just sharing, you don't have to have a lot of money, a little goes a long way. And like you said, just putting a little bit, there's that magical and we won't get into that today, but the magic of compound interest, which essentially helps you time helps you It doesn't matter if you put $5, but I think that's important to shift that mindset or not really shift the mindset, but understand that you don't need a lot of money to start investing and building wealth. And the other thing that I think is really important too is, and you hit on it, and is shifting our mindset from being a consumer to more of an investor. And when you know that you are an investor of a company that you love, that's powerful. That makes me feel good, right? That should make all of us feel good. So I think it's shifting that mindset of just... Yes, of course, we're always going to be consumers, but we can also be investors in those companies that we love. And it's important to really own that and be, hey, this is amazing. I'm an investor because just saying that out loud is empowering, right? Absolutely. But it goes back to that very important insight of Mm -hmm. you feeling like you belong. Right. You belong in the money conversation. We're like, hey, pues eso no es para mí. You know, I'm not rich. You know, so rico or you know, no, no, you belong in the money conversation. You have to start there. Like there's mm-hmm. a place for you here. And that's where I feel that there's a lot of opportunity for the incredible products that fintech companies have built to really lean hard into that insight, right? It's not, we have it in Spanish. Big miss. <laughs> it's good. We have right. in Spanish our website too, and we will have our products and our tools and everything in Spanish because we want to help the generation of these Sherpas, right? Of me, even my son and my daughter helping my mother and not have the burden on them to also translate the information. So I'm a big believer that you do have to have those tools available to help 
the people who are the influencers. But I do think that just saying that you translated the information is not enough to let our community know that they belong, that you had them in mind when you developed these products and services, that they are important to you, that they are a consumer that is welcome in your brand. And that is where there's a lot of opportunity and a lot of opportunity for companies like ours, you know, for Mm -hmm. what you do, Jen, for what I do, for what our other Latino colleagues do with our services because perfect. Nobody has done it. So now we have the opportunity to do it ourselves and super serve a demo that is young, Mm -hmm. thriving, driving the workforce, driving GDP growth. I mean, it's incredible that we live in this era and time in history where this is the generation that is critical to the American economy and that we have the privilege to serve them and to help them grow financially. Absolutely. And all Spanish, as you and I know, is not created equal. I've lived in other Latin American countries, so Colombiana, and I've communicated in Spanish. I speak fluent Spanish. And some of the things there were like, I do not know. No sé qué lo que estás diciendo. And when it goes to terminology, financial terminology, of course, there's going to be a difference. So you might be trying to communicate X and someone that speaks Spanish might not know what that terminology is because in their country, it's referred to as something else. So companies definitely have to consider that as well. And I know you talked a little bit about family. We've talked about family and really helping them become or shift their mindset on wealth. What are there some other things? And I know you also gave examples of what you've done with your mom, what your kids have done. What are some other things that as a family, as La Familia, you can help your family members get on board to become financially stronger? There's so many things to do. I do think that we're trying to do a lot of these Dinero sessions, as you know, which Mm -hmm. are free workshops for our community. So I think that the more that you know, the more that you learn, the more that you'll clearly become financially stronger. We want to make the information available for everybody. Like we said, there are things that are very important. Knowing where you stand, how much do you make? versus how much do you spend, having a strong budget, keeping track of where you are and where you want to go. There's a lot of things that you need to do and that you can improve on. But I I think for me, the most critical one is just getting started, right? Like being open to not do what you have been doing for so much time of, oh, okay, what small change could you make? you know, towards Mm -hmm. a goal that you have. And what does it feel easy? And that's where people like you who are coaches that can, no person is going to be the same, right? So there's no one size fits all. As much as we want to do as a company in general to do this information at scale, eventually you'll need an expert to look at your very particular case and say, this is where the opportunity is. And I think you know, what can you do? There's so many things that are in general people can do, but there's also so many particular things that people can take advantage. So that's why we wanted to do these sessions on taxes now that we're getting close to filing your taxes, because a lot of people are leaving money on the table. Some kids who say, I'm going to file separate than my parents so I can get $500, but then the parents didn't get the $4,000. It's like, it's almost better to say, let's split, right? <laughs> make deals, but understand what the consequences are. So I think informing yourself is critical and then starting to make small changes that you 
start to get excited to see the difference in your finances. And it feels really good and empowering. But the mindset is important. I think you you and I have talked about this before, the scarcity mentality that we have in our communities. You know, what can we do? I would say start there before you even budget or make a change and how you spend, you know, less cafecito or more takeout or less. You know, the mindset of the mentality of you are what you think. Some people say right. you are what you eat, which I don't even <laughs> want to go there, right? Let's not. But we are what we think. And always having the scarcity mentality of no tengo dinero, I can't do this, this is not for me. It really is not a good contributor to mm. your mental well-being and building your own wealth. So I do think that besides being very cerebral and left hemisphere driven on finances, we also need to change that mindset of how we think, because that I think it plays a role as well of what you tell yourself every single day of what you have and you don't have, at least on how you feel. And that's important. Absolutely. And you talk about the fear and just like getting started. And I think we tend to think, well, we're going to mess up. We have to leave that aside or we don't know enough or, or we don't feel confident or maybe we're scared to see that number of what we don't have, but we don't know what we really do have. So it's really knowing what that number, we need to know that tangible number. Like you said, we need to know where we're at. to to be able to move forward and just setting that fear aside, because then that fear is never going to go away. If you don't tackle that and say, Hey, thank you fear for visiting me. I'm going to set this aside and I'm going to take that small action. And from that small action, you have a win and you gain some progress. You can celebrate. And it's just about taking, like you said, the small action, getting a win, another small action and that compounds on itself. And that's huge. And you'll see a huge change over time. Definitely just take that action. Well, Beatriz, this has been so fantastic. I'm just curious to know if there are any other parting words of encouragement that you would like to leave with us. Cause you've said a ton today in such valuable information. So I'm just curious, what are your parting words? And I just would love to tell our Latino community you guys are amazing. I am so proud of being a Latina. I'm so blessed to have been born into this cohort. And I really want every single Latino, Latina, Latinx, however they define themselves, Hispanics out there, that we are in a position of incredible privilege. But it's important Mm -hmm. that you know, and that we all know our worth. Everything that we've talked about, There's no thriving American economy if we don't thrive as a community as well. We are driving so many of the metrics that are critical for America Mm -hmm. to continue to grow, to continue to succeed. So go out in the world with that head lifted very high, knowing these contributions. Sometimes people say we're badly branded as Latinos, right? We're not correctly branded as Latinos because we're incredible and the perception or what people say, we are no drain to this economy. We are the motor of this economy. We are not uneducated. We are more enrolled in college as of last year than any other demographic. Mm -hmm. We are super young. We are super hardworking. We will be contributing to social security more than anyone for all Americans. Know those stats, know the value that you have and go out in the world with that pride Take up as much space as you possibly can when you walk into those rooms. Have that swagger knowing that Mm -hmm. America is dependent on 
us to succeed. So those would be my parting words that every Latino should always have front and center. Yes, we've had it rough. Yes, we come from countries of origins, you know, leaving everything behind, having to work two, three jobs, having to start again. But we've done it. We've done it. We're resilient. The pandemic has hit us harder than anyone mm-hmm. else, but we will recover. We are that community And that's why it's critical that we support our community. I have no doubt that Latinos will thrive, but let's have them thrive faster so America can thrive faster as well. Beatriz, that was beautiful. And again, it's such an honor that you were with us today, shared your values, shared your story, shared everything that's going on at SUMA. And we appreciate your leadership, the space that you take in our community and what you're doing for us. Thank you so much for joining us, for being here and just keep pressing forward and thank your co-founder from me once again. (laughs) (laughs) I will take Javier. Absolutely. But thank you for having me, Jenny. You know, we are such fans of yours. We cannot thank you enough for being such a great mentor, supporter and ally of SUMA and our community. And we look forward to the continued partnership. So thanks again, amiga. Absolutely. Thank you. My goodness, can you feel the energy here? We're not in a room, we're in a virtual room, but that was incredible. So if you feel the same way, let us know in the comments. Veronica, my goodness, what did you think? I have pages and pages of notes. I think it's like six pages of notes. Beatriz, mi idola, I mean... So much of what you shared tonight, Beatriz. Mil gracias, mil gracias, mil gracias por estar con nosotras. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. So much of what you said, I didn't know I needed to hear tonight. And I really, really needed to hear it tonight. I am one of those millennials who you talk about. I'm a Sherpa. I've been translating and navigating (laughs) systems my entire life. For my mom and family members and Everything you mentioned about what we are balancing in terms of children and our parents and work and trying to figure out tax season, it's here. It was recently extended. So that's good news. And I know there's a lot of notes on the chat of like, give a specific example. So I'm going to be happy to go. I know the talk was much more broad, but we do have specific tools and examples and things that you can do and get started. So we'll get Yeah, so let's get to those Q&As. What I just want to personally, on behalf of AARP, I want to thank you for how empowering that keynote was. Perfect session to get us started. Being here is my first step in getting financially strong. And I think that for anybody who's tuned in and signed up and registered and who's planning to join us next week and the week after, you know, share this event. Like that's one tiny step. That's one tiny way of getting that mindset right and spreading the mindset into the community. So I'll let you guys take it away with Q&A. I definitely want to get to these people's questions. I have similar questions. So let's go. (laughs) Thanks, Veronica. And to add on to what Veronica said, yes, you being here is the first step. You may feel like you're behind, but we need to start where you're at. And sharing as well, we don't know, I say this all the time, we don't know what's going on in people's lives. And just the sheer sharing, that can be the help that they need. So we are excited that you are here and we're going to dive into the questions. But I want to know, we have a ton of questions 
If we don't get to all of them, no worries. That is what the pop-up Facebook group is for. We're going to continue the conversation. So are you ready, Beatriz? We're going to dive into the first question. The first question here comes from Stephanie. And she says, Más fácil decir que hacer. Yes, How can I agree. we break the cycle of wanting to give more and spend more with our kids because of the lack of what we had as children of immigrants? Yeah, I'm there with you. I fully understand that. And there is a way to give. I think I give the example, Stephanie, of my mom over Christmas because she always wants to give all these as expensive gift cards as she possibly can to her grandkids. And I'm always like, okay, if you're going to be giving these amounts for the kids to just be spending on the same things, make them owners of these places that they love. So I'm not telling you don't buy Santa Claus gifts for a small child, because obviously you don't want to crush their excitement, but maybe consider doing a few toys and what is their favorite? I don't know. It could be Disneyland. It could be whatever it is. So one of the things that you give them is that stock, those fractional shares. And I'll get to that. And we have a class on that. And we promise before the Q&A is over, you're going to have all these resources and they're all free. So I'm excited to share them with you. But give them this stock of Disneyland. You can start investing with as little as $5. And a lot of people in our community say, I didn't know that. Actually, you can start with one. But the fees are $1. So you don't want to invest one and have one fee taken out from the investment. So people say at least $5. But for $5, you can give and you can have that conversation with your kids. You love to go to Disney. We support, you know, this company so much when we go and we spend there and we buy our churros and we go on the rides and all. Now you're an owner. We own a piece of what? So you can imagine On those kids, that empowerment of the mentality of next time they're there, you're part of an owner. That's something we never grew up feeling. And that's when we talked about, I know they're like, there's a lot of mindset stuff here, but we want the actual meat of, but the mindset is that teach your kids to be like investors, but you can also as a Sherpa teach your parents, right? When you give your dad a gift, when you give your mom a gift, I told my mom this year, I'm like, te voy a dar un stockpile, which is this company that you can get the fractional shares. De la Ross, because she's like so obsessed with Ross that I'm like, at least you'll be an owner. Every time you're at Ross, you know you're contributing to your own company. And then on your app, it's so easy. And you can gift kids the moment they're born with a social security, you can start giving them this stuff. So you can track on the app. It's super fun. It sends you alerts on how your stock is doing, what's happening with that company. So I would say, don't stop the giving. You know, obviously we want to give our kids everything that we have, but just change a little bit of what are you giving them? And also what are you teaching them? We are very entrepreneurial, right? So, okay, maybe a piece of what you had allotted to buy them a gift besides the fractional shares and the investing is you can start a little small business with your son and your daughter, something that you can now sell on Instagram outside of your house, whatever it is, but you can, those changes on how do you give something that grows would be my suggestion. Don't think about only giving something that is perishable or that it's going to depreciate the next day or break, but also those are big gifts. And the way you sell this to them and excite them of being owners or being entrepreneurs, how we're going to start this business. You're probably going to have to put that little seed capital, whether it's painting t-shirts or selling candies, whatever it is, but those lessons will be so valuable to them and it'll keep giving instead of just, okay, here's one thing and it ended. So I say, keep loving them and showering with gifts, but just think about 
what are those gifts and what you can teach them with them. Wonderful. Now, another question from Janie, and I know today we focus on what it means to be financially strong. And the question is, how do we become financially free? What would you say to that? I would say that the most important thing to become financially free is to be as informed as you possibly can. We talked a lot about this. Knowledge is power. And we feel that we're behind and we are behind. And that's why I wanted to share my journey. I am exactly like you guys. You're like, oh my gosh, what is this woman running this company? Can I trust her? Yes. We have people like Jen who are financial coaches who you can absolutely trust. And we have many others who give you this financial advice. So don't worry about that. But I would say you need to learn as much as you can. And first of all, you'll know that there's so many people like you. Don't be intimidated to think, I don't know what she's talking about. I don't know what a fractional share is. I don't know any of these things. I feel like I don't belong here. That's why we want to build this company where you do belong. And every information that we're giving is written by Latinos for Latinos. So consume as much as you possibly can. I'm not saying do it on Suma. Certainly we have the resources there in English and in Spanish, but Jen has a lot of resources. There's a lot of other Latinas and Latinos that you'll be hearing in this session also who have classes, who have coaching one-on-one. Sometimes we do things where we actually give away coaching sessions with Jen or coaching sessions with other Latinos in our community that are like you, that speak like you, that they'll understand your journey. And I think I would say you become financially free the more that you learn. And don't be intimidated to say, I don't know. There are hundreds of thousands of people. We have over 160,000 just in three months. Latinos and Latinas, primarily Latinas, I have to say, who don't know. And they've enrolled in the free courses. They use the free tools. And it's okay not to know, but they're learning and they're super excited to see the progress. So you become financially strong the more you learn. And it's okay not to know. And we want to all meet you, all of us, in whatever stage of your financial journey you are at. Love it. Another question, and I think, do you agree with the starting with investing? I know you have some workshops and dinero sessions. And do you have some dinero sessions or workshops around investing? Yes. So we just did our dinero session on investing that's up in our website. It's absolutely free. And it's on starting to invest with a small amounts of money. So the whole course is on fractional shares, just what I was talking about now. The $5, it could be thousands of dollars, but you can start with as little as $5. We will have other types of courses that are go more in-depth into investing. I know you're going to have... Camilo from the Finance Twins, he has an incredible course on how to invest. So we also want to be curating courses that you have, Jen, that Investing Latina has that define all people from our community. Because again, we know the information they give is very relevant to us because they are like us. So within our site and with something that I'll say now as a premier, we're launching our SUMA Academy next month. This is a nonprofit arm of SUMA. So all these resources are absolutely free. And we're going to have new classes every week for free in English and in Spanish. And we will also curate other resources and other classes for you. So already you can go on our site and find the free investing one, but we are going to continue to do more. And if you enroll to our newsletter or to our site, you'll be getting these alerts and you can tell us what you're more interested in. And we'll be able to recommend all the things that you can be doing with Daily tips, if you want the daily tips on your phone or on your WhatsApp, 
if you don't want that, you'd rather just have a monthly newsletter or you want personalized advice on how you are doing. So we are able to do that for you now. Amazing. And I just want to say that with all the resources that Suma has and all the resources and tools that AARP and our speakers yes. have, we are putting that together and we're going to wrap it in a digital bow with our digital toolkit. So we will have that for you at the end of this event. So no worries. If you don't get the links, we'll uh, share some links today and in the Facebook group. But if you don't get them, don't worry. We're putting it all together for you. And it's going to be available in Espanol. So therefore, talking about the Sherpas, talking about those influencers, you're able to take that digital toolkit that is in English and Spanish and hand it off to your familia. So it's a little less work on you. Right now, let's talk about, do you want to dive into investment scams? I do. As Latinos, we are targeted. So yes. how, what are some ways we can avoid them? Again, I think the more you know, the less you're going to be a target. I have a really unfortunate story to tell recently. We are next in Nero session, which is free. And I think many of you have been hearing about cryptocurrency or Bitcoin. And I hear my friend made thousands of dollars with a dollar. Is this true? So we are going to be having a cryptocurrency and a Bitcoin and what are stable coins? What can you trust? What can you not trust? What it's real? But I've been hearing that a lot of people in our community, especially Spanish Dom, older Latinos are getting these WhatsApp messages that say, you know, give me $1 and next Friday, I give you $100,000. Probably a lot of us would see that and be like, that's a scam. But I know somebody, you know, very close to me who said, listen, senora, they offered me this in el WhatsApp. I want to do it. And I'm like, no. And also it said it's guaranteed. I'm like, listen, there's nothing in life guaranteed but dying. So there's no guarantees in anything when you do investing. And that's part of what you want to learn because you want to make sure that you start with little and that you're okay with that. Anything that says it's 100% guaranteed that this is going to be the return that's an alert that that is going to be a scam. The other thing that you need to be very careful about is there are numbers that are in range with what a financial advisor, a financial investor, a coach, an app will charge you to invest, right? So people decided to do a different offering with all these apps like Robinhood and Acorns and Stash saying with a quarter of a point, with 0.25%, we charge you on what you invest. So that's not a crazy number. But the crazy number they were trying to beat was 1%. These people scamming our community are asking for 20% upfront in the investment and 20% on the return. So they're stealing from them almost half of their money, 40%. Already, if you hear a number like that, that is a scam, right? The average is a quarter of a point to 1%. So if you see anybody telling you it's guaranteed and it's 20% and then another 20%, you know there's a scam there. So again, knowledge is power. The more that you can learn, you're like, I've been hearing a lot of this. Y mi vecina me dijo que her husband made hundreds of thousands of, I'm like, take the class and learn like, what are the things I could trust? What are there things that are insured? Are there not? Like what precautions can I take? So the more you learn, the less you're going to be scammed. And the more that we can pass this information to our community, there is a big opportunity to build wealth with these new stable coins that you're hearing about. So we're not saying that is a scam, but be informed, learn, and then you make your decision. Okay, I'm ready. I'm going to put this amount of money and see how it goes. And of course, we want to be a part of that money conversation too, even with new currencies that are now out in the market. 
Wonderful. Now, the next question comes from Patricia. And she says, beyond shifting the mindset, once our communities are on board with building wealth, investing, where does our community begin? What are the next steps? So I know in the session, you touched a little bit upon this. Yeah, the moment people learn, they're ready. So I think that's the responsibility that we all have. I know when you said you're going to be curating the resources from all the speakers plus ARPs, I think that's brilliant because people want to know not just what do they do, but who can they trust, right? We get this question all the time. They're like, we're ready. Who do you trust and who can we trust? So that's a lot of power and a lot of responsibility on all of us. So I would definitely recommend that you use this toolkit that Jen has promised tied up in a bow that will have these tools. So if you want, for example, I saw another question that was like, what are the tools that you personally have on Zoom? Right now, we have three tools in our Dinero Toolkit. We're launching five more. But the ones that we have is you can go in and see, do you rent or do you buy a home? And you fill out some very easy questions, and then it gives you the pros and the cons, and you can make it, how do you lower your credit card debt? We have that. And then how do you start investing? How do you set goals for small, medium, long-term? And then it'll tell you, if you leave this money there for X amount of time because of this concept called compound interest, the interest that you make gets reinvested and gets reinvested. And that makes your money grow a lot. But you're able to see that you're able to see when we were talking about quinceañeras, maybe you don't spend the $10,000, five, 15,000. I've heard crazy numbers, much more than that. What does that mean in 20 years? Could that have been half of college for your daughter? You might still decide to have this quinceañera, but maybe in a different way. Maybe you're like, okay, maybe I'm not going to spend $15,000. Maybe I'm going to spend half or whatever it is. Because look at this number within 10 years or 20. That could be a down payment for my daughter's home. That could be something incredible for our family. I know for us, we are building those tools that will let you see that. What does this mean into the future? If I decided to make decision A versus V versus C. What does that look like for me building my own wealth? And I think that's going to be really powerful. And we hope to have it out for all of you in a couple of more months. And it's part of a financial checkup. And also, how do you get to your goals short-term, mid-term, and long-term with your families? So I would say use all these resources that Jen has promised all of us. There's plenty. They come from people in our community. You can trust them. And it's incredible. By all means, take advantage of them. Love it. Now, this question comes from Kimmy and is really more about balance. So she asks, how can you start creating that wealth while giving yourself vacations and enjoying whatever lifestyle you choose as long as it isn't above your means? And I love this question because I like my cake and eating it too. Of course. (laughs) And listen, like I said, you should not, you see people who never are happy because they never take a vacation. They can never go to a spa. I think every extreme is not healthy, right? You save everything or you spend everything. I think that's true in everything, in what you eat, if you don't sleep, if you do, if you overwork. So balance is key. Balance is key. What we want to do for you is we are actually developing one of our products. It's almost like, how do you optimize el party, right? Like, how am I going to tell a millennial kid not to go out? I'm not, they're going to go out. But I'm going to give them tips on how they can optimize that. If you were going to spend $100 doing all of this, 
consider these five things that you can do to spend 75% of that, invest the 25 that you got, and this is what's going to happen within a year. So I think, again, the more you know, we have so many posts about bájale al takeout o al cafecito, and we say, okay, if you decided two days a week to make your own coffee or three days a week to do this, this is what it means. So your vacation could be longer. Your day at the spa could have more treatments. We're not saying to not live a great life and be happy, but we want you to be mindful that if you make a few tweaks, what does that mean for your wealth building? And you're going to be able to not only continue with the life that you deserve if it's within your means, but you're going to be able to build even more to have more of the things that you like. So I think that's the key. That balance is absolutely the key. Love it. And I think you can also define what that balance is, right? Yeah. For me, it's to be able to sleep, right? <laughs> more than, But 20 years ago, it was very different. But now having the luxury to take a nap, that's like the biggest luxury on something that I say I'm not going to work. And that might cost me money to not work, but I want to be able to do self-care, which I never did in my entire career or my life journey. So now it's very precious to me. I hear you. Now, there are more financial advice or investment questions. So for those of you that are asking those questions on how to choose a financial advisor, we're going to be talking more. I know ARP has a new tool and you will learn about that in session three, and we'll be learning more about investing. We've got a certified financial planner. We've got investing educators. So stay tuned for that. Now there is another question from Araceli. She says, I work for a nonprofit whose mission is to break the cycle of poverty. And that is amazing work. And she says, we serve a lot of undocumented families. How do I invite you to help us help them break cycles and build a business to be self-sufficient. So helping them break cycles and building a business to be self-sufficient. There's a lot of resources for people in our community who are undocumented. And those include capital, mentorship, support as small business owners. I don't have the stat in my head, but there it is billions of dollars that they contribute to the American economy these small business owners, they tend to be more entrepreneurial because sometimes they haven't been able to secure the work that they want because of their immigration status. So they tend to be entrepreneurial. I think the way to continue to support them is to continue to mentor them, to continue to give them the resources and the tools that already exist to them that maybe somebody with your nonprofit, maybe we can curate another toolkit for them. I know there is a Latino doing incredible work in our community. His name is Sean Salas. He's the CEO of a company called Camino Financial, him and his twin brother. And they are solely focused on micro businesses. It could be of one, right? It could be a person selling something in the corner to support them with capital, with micro loans, but also with the mentorship and with the education. So the same as we were saying, in the same way, we want to be educated in how do we make these small changes to start building wealth and teach our children a different mindset of how we grew up. There are a lot of tools for these entrepreneurs who are immigrants and whose immigration status sometimes prevents them from building wealth. But they do exist, happy to offline that, happy to make connections. But yeah, there's a lot of awesome people in our community thinking about them as well. 
there are definitely uh, many awesome Latinos in the finance community. I am just grateful to be bringing some of them to you through this event. Now, another question is from Marta, and she says, any one book or author on investing in the stock market that you would recommend? I recommend Jen's book because we give it away. (laughs) That's a perfect book. Veronica has it. I think you guys, I'm sure Jen is going to, in the curation, not only be links, but also books, because I know a lot of the guests that you're going to have, have their own books. We give away to our audience a lot of Jen's book, to be honest, I'm not just saying this. I always would think that there's a lot of books on investing, on building wealth, but something that comes from someone in our community, it just feels right. It just feels like home. Really being able to connect to that shared lived experience of how we all grew up with the lack of financial knowledge or the lack of trust is really empowering to know there's somebody like us that went through that journey. And now look at Jen. I gravitate towards Latino authors. And I I would definitely start with Jen's book. And I know she'll curate more for you. Yeah, so my book is definitely thank you so much that we do have some recommendations for specifically for stock. And we have one of those people on the third sessions panel, Mabel Nunez. She's got multiple books on investing. She's an investing educator. So definitely stay tuned for that. And then one more question, and it came in the pop-up group, which I thought was a really good question. This is about having better money conversations. I'm a fan of this with our spouse and family that are immigrants. And, you know, how do we do this when there's a different perception of money and how to manage money? How do we handle that when we may have acclimated or adapted to the United States and maybe our spouse and our families have not yet? So the perceptions of how we manage money are different. How do we manage that? Like everything else, when you manage with your family, con mucho tacto y con mucho amor, I would say. But again, as the Sherpa, and we know we are going to be the responsible ones when it comes to our older family members, and as we become parents ourselves, to have those conversations with our kids, inform yourself as much as you possibly can. I do this with my mom all the time when she's just very untrustworthy of these financial institutions. I saw the day my dad and my mom lost everything in a devaluation in Mexico. And I understand where that distrust comes from. But I try to assure her like, listen, this is a different country. These are the rules. This is how it works. I was one of those between the husband and the wife. I was one of those wives that needed to be educated. I am married to a non-Latino. So when we got married, he wanted for us to start saving for a kid's college. And I thought he was absolutely crazy. I was like, what? We have no kids. There's nothing to say for it. No, no. But when we have kids, we need to start now. And I thought that was the craziest thing I've ever heard. I've never heard it from any family member. And I was an entrepreneur and I felt like, you know, I had a decent grip on my finances, but I never would have thought to plan for our kids college, which by the way, are two years away from college now. So he had that conversation with me, right? It's like, no, listen, if you start now, this is what it happened. If we never have kids, that's Okay. Right now, the money is free of taxes up to this amount. So either we pay it in taxes or we put it in this fund. And then if not, you pull it out and you pay the taxes. But if we do have kids, that's going to be an incredible way that we get started. So I would say you need to know a lot as a Sherpa, as you have known a lot, 
helping your family navigate through so many other things besides finances and approach it in a way that you know they're going to be open to it. And I know you will because you are like them. So that's why we say these resources that are culturally relevant and that are done in culture, people gravitate more towards. Um, Understand where they're coming from, why they feel the way they feel. There's probably some post-traumatic syndrome from the past, from where the way they grew up. So you have to really do it with patience and with love and with knowledge. So the more you learn, the more you can pass on to the older and to the younger generations. That's what we're banking on. We always say, that's why we want to give you guys all these tools, because we're going to make an impact in many ways. It's not going to be a one-to-one, like in the non-Latinos, right? That I tell John Smith something and it stays with John Smith. I tell Maria Perez something and it goes to eight other people. So that knowledge that you are giving one person goes to so many. And I think that's the way that we can really, really make an impact in our community. So learn, be loving, and be patient. That's the short answer. Beatriz, this has been phenomenal. I know we've run out of time for more questions. Again, we will answer as many questions as we can in our pop-up Facebook group. Thank you so much. Please give Beatriz some love in the comments. Give AARP also some love because they have supported and they're sponsoring this event and we couldn't have done this without them. And give Jen some love too, because she's incredible. She's done such an incredible job. She's brought us all together along with Veronica. So both of them. And this is incredible. I mean, what you guys are doing is great and it's what our community needs and stay tuned for those resource groups. And obviously, if you want to follow us, we're on every social feed. Our website is We Are Suma and we have every resource in English and in Spanish and we're here to serve you and to help you build your wealth. And again, we are right along with you in this journey. We are excited to empower our community to start building their wealth. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Now to wrap it up, just make sure to mark next week. And again, thank you for being with us. I want to acknowledge each and every one of you for being here. Now, Veronica, is there anything else you want to add before we wrap it up? Thank you so much for giving me a chance to just say thank you to everyone as well, to Beatriz, to you, Jen, to your team. I know we're over time. For anyone who was asking questions around what questions do I ask an advisor We do, AARP does have a new tool. It's Ask an Advisor. So it's the interview and advisor tool. If you are looking for that now, you want to prepare for the session that we will have around creating financial stability, you know, then you'll do some homework and you'll prep and you'll know a little bit more. So just Google AARP interview and advisor tool and it should pop up for you. So thank you so, so much. I'm really excited. I feel stronger already. Absolutely. Thank you again for joining us. Again, I acknowledge each and one of every one of you. You have taken another step to being financially strong. Bye.